It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The at the end of the episode, that's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, March 8th, and you're listening to episode 458. As always, I'm your host, Jason. Today, joined by one of my co-hosts, Jason Katarski, and one of our uh, new uh, mentees from the Tabletop Mentorship Program. Returning again, we have Jamie Sabriel-Flez. Hey, Jamie, how you doing? Hello. Oh, I'm so good. I'm so glad to be back. We're glad to have you. And now uh, that's your first time recording with uh, Mr. Katarski here. Yeah. So apologies to begin with. It's going to be a train wreck <laughs> because Jason and I are are not good together. Um, we are train wreck territory. So we're going to we're going to count on you to keep us on track and moving forward. OK, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I figure it's like Highlander. That can only be one Jason. So I'm, that's, that's, I'm ready to referee. It. I'm going to win. We've been saying that for about eight years now. So. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, the original jokes. Eight awesome. years. Yeah. That's actually the true number, right? Because it, it's close to that. I yeah. just we, we... I just saw this Facebook memory last week that was telling me <laughs> that my first game came out and was hitting mailboxes yeah. like eight years ago. Eight yeah. years ago. And I was like, whoa. Uh yeah, that's cool. That's almost as long as I've done anything else in my life. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, we did. We met right, right, right before that game came out when we were promoting it on Kickstarter, and uh, so we've known each other for, you know, eight and a half ish on the and way to, show to nine. You nothing has changed, uh, Jamie. The reason I met Jason was I had backed his game on Kickstarter, and at Gen Con, I didn't want to have to. I didn't want to get the game and have to learn how to play it myself. So I went and did the. I went and did the, um, a play test, a playthrough with him, just so that I could learn how to play it. Uh, that's and amazing. that's when we met. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's delightful. There's a thing that I do now with other designers where when I really love their game, I'll jump on every opportunity to play it, even though I've tested it and like given almost all the feedback that I can give, but I just want to play it and then I'll buy it and all that other stuff. It's kind of like the reverse of that, the inverse. Where you <laughs> yes, bought it first yes. and now you and then you just kept playing it. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Very cool. Well, so uh, when we first started having uh, our last time at the end of every episode uh, with all of y'all from the Tabletop Mentorship Program, we said that we would have you each come back with a topic that was interesting to you, whether it was something that would be a good topic to cover for what you're working on within game design, or -hmm. if it was just a, a game topic that you thought sounded fun and you wanted to talk about. Um, you know, or, or whatever. And, and I'm excited to say that we're going to have all of those things uh, based on the feedback <laughs> I've, I've heard from, from the other mentees. So uh, today I'm excited because uh, we actually drafted Jason to come on the show here with us uh, because Jamie uh, has quite a few questions about mm-hmm. uh, graphic design uh, and, you know, working with graphic designers and such for the purpose of publishing fight sequence, uh, uh, their game. And, um, well, I thought, well, if I'm going to have somebody on that has worked with uh, quite a few different uh, graphic designers, published their own games, hey, I know a guy. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, just, uh, I was like, the yesterday, I was like, I need you on the show, man. <laughs> so <laughs> you said yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, this is something I, I it, it is one of the most fun parts of making games to me, 
Um, mm. But also, it can be one of the most challenging. Um, yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I have uh, I I'm pretty ham fisted in my graphic design skills. Like I know enough to like have the right apps on my phone so I can make decent Instagram posts, mm-hmm. and um, I can lay out like punk rock flyers for my band but like something that looks like at at the level of like quality in the board gaming space is something i'm just not comfortable doing especially when it comes to like preparing those things for print at manufacturers overseas to like to like professional standards so um it's so important and honestly it can make or break your 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 game the look the aesthetic of your game i think Oh yeah, um, for sure. And uh it's funny, there was a brief amount of time where not brief, it was like the first two years of fight sequence, where I thought, hey, I'm learning enough core graphic design skills and studying, you know, typography casually by reading these articles and all that kind of fun stuff. Why don't I just do the graphic design myself so I can save that time and money? And nope, <laughs> that save that's that money, not gonna work. Not gonna save that time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I'm, for sure. I'm also effectively not saving that money because if I were to do the graphic design, people wouldn't buy the game. Or way fewer people would buy the game. I, I should say. I mean, I am I am very pleased with the fact that I can make very solidly pretty prototypes. But we're we're stopping it there. I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to get it final product ready, which is why frankly, I have a number of questions for you. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. That's all right. Well, let's I was do just it. Say, frankly, frankly, as a game designer, um, the this the skill set you just described that you have is the skill set you want to have. Uh, less than that, I can attest can make laying out uh, prototypes very difficult. And mm-hmm. more than that, uh, I you'll hear a lot of designers tell you will become a time sink because you you fall in love with that process mm-hmm. um which is a cool thing as a hobby but when you're designing games it can actually mean that you spend way more time on graphic design than you probably need to um so having that, right. that little middle ground that's worthwhile and that's probably the best advice i'm going to give the entire episode so like write that down or something <laughs> that is really good that is really good if you get too excited about the art process that is that is one thing that us us uh less uh aesthetically i don't know able <laughs> folks um have have going for us is that we're not going to get too far making it look good and that is a challenge i think for people who are good at graphic design and illustration that are also game designers is because it can be really easy to, to polish that turd and uh, <laughs> and just you know and not dig into the work because you just get so there's so many possibilities of how you can make something look good but um you know you get under the hood and there's nothing there then it's it's not worth the time you spent for sure yeah absolutely and i i'm really glad i developed the skills that i did and for anyone listening i recommend that you you get some basic skills definitely do that it'll make playtesting the prototypes easier it'll make uh community i i assume it will make communicating with graphic designers easier but that's one of the questions that i have um and honestly some of the design choices of fight sequence have come about like it, it's you know it, i i talk to other designers a lot about how inspiration is cyclical and everything inspires everything else and some of the design choices that i made for the game for the better came from graphic design choices that I made and feedback that I got on that and stuff like that. And so Mm. I am glad that I taught myself the level that I did. 
and that I'm at that level now for future prototypes and future fight sequence. But yeah. I also, uh, I'm definitely ready to hand it off and just have someone else deal with it so I can do <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> That's great. I, I think there is a difference there between user design and functionality. Um, that That is a skill, I think, that, that can get you a long way down the road mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. pretty. You know, like I could draw you the thing that works um, yeah. and then someone can can make that make that much better looking without losing my functionality. I think that's an important part of yes. game design um, is getting your ideas across. Uh, but yes, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, they're different and you don't, you don't often maybe like think of that until you dig in a little bit further and think mm-hmm. about like how, how, what, what is the choice in the way this is laid out? That's going to help me, um, have the players like intuitively be able to know what their choices are and know what things yeah, do. Um, exactly. Yeah. That, that's a, I think that is an important part of game design, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it's yeah, that well, finished, that finishing. So let's, yeah, I want to hear some questions. Let's just do this. Let's go heck for it. Yeah. Oh, I have, I have a whole bunch, but let's start, let's start at the beginning, the best place to start. Um, how does one find a graphic designer for their board game? Uh, how does one find graphic designers to hire that have board game experience? I know that there are plenty of sites and I've seen the sites, you know, uh, Freelancer and 99Works or whatever that one is called, 99designs, I don't know. And you could just wade through infinite graphic designers and none of them have board game experience. And then if you ask them if they are hobby board gamers, they're like, mm, I like Sorry and Monopoly, Mm-mm, that's not going to do it. Uh, I want people that have game design experience or have experience working on games. And so far, I know of two graphic designers that fit the bill that are hireable, and both of them are booked out for six months, and one of them I wasn't even in, thrilled with the style. So please help. How do I yeah. find a graphic designer? Yeah, for, um, it's it's hard. For sure. Um, The things that I did to start, um, I mean, some of it I got, I got, I got really lucky, like with Green Couch Games. Um, That was born out of me being a game designer and having a game published with Dice Hate Me and then like having some other connections with other small publishers and getting involved in the unpub scene Mm -hmm. and um, just getting to like see who, um, who used who who did the graphic design on my friend's games um, mm-hmm. or who was hired by the publisher that I was working with before I started my own company. And uh, Chris Kirkman was the graphic designer for all the dice hate me stuff in the beginning because, and he owned the company. And that was one of the things mm. that really, that really gave him an edge is that he was, he's talented on very many levels. Um, and he's a really good graphic designer. Yeah, he is. He teaches graphic design at a university as well. So, um, so I, I asked a lot of questions, you know, about what to look for, but like, this is, this is something that I did, um, in music. Uh, I would like read the liner notes, right. Of the CDs to like find out like who played on what and where they recorded and who did the art and who played what instrument and what bands they thanked like Mm. on their thank you lists. So that, that translated for me into like very naturally, um, into reading the rule books and the credits in game boxes of games I liked to find out who was who, you know, uh, who yeah. I liked the work of. And 
uh, seeking them out or making those connections at a convention. Cause it was, it, it felt a lot smaller back when I was getting involved those eight years ago than it does yeah. now. It's a little um, different now. It is, it is. But yeah. I think, I think it's still there. There are still enough small companies. And that's probably one of the better places to go is when you're doing the, like read the rule book to find out who they used. Mm-hmm. Um, because chances are they have not hired a full-time graphic designer to work only for their company. They're working with freelancers. Um, so uh, the, a lot of the bigger companies are going to have people on staff that are putting everything together. And uh, that's their their full-time gig. Um, I know there is an art and design for Tabletop's Facebook group um, that okay. um, you can always post and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Um, is anybody interested in this or anybody have ideas? So, um, those are kind of the two avenues, publishers that I'm friends with. We've emailed back and forth. Hey, who are you using for graphic design? Um, and, you know, just kind of share that info and sharing those experiences, um, to kind of get, get a feel for, um, who's good to work with, who's fast, who might be available, those sorts of things too. So networking is a, is a huge part of it. Like, you know, hearing it through the, the grapevine. Um, but really I, I think that there is something to be said about, like, if you want a good looking game, read the rule book and find out who made that game that you love the look of and reach out to them. My, my very first game I published, um, the illustrator was Jackie Davis from the UK. And I met her because, uh, she did, um, artwork for a Dice Hate Me game called Bella the Ball, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And um, then I knew that one of the other game designers for um, Dice Hate Me games, Daryl Louder, he's the uh, creative creative director of Greater Than Games now. Uh, he was a graphic designer, and we were working together, um, you know, at convention booths because we both had games coming out from Dice Hate Me, and I found out that his gig was was graphic design so like i just said hey would you do my game for me because there were people that that had a little more experience than i did that i was already had some rapport with so that came together really nicely but it did start with with those things like who do i like the art Mm -hmm. of from another game and who who do i want to uh who do i know that would be comfortable with me asking dumb questions you know um yeah yeah that's a that's an approach that I didn't super think of, I tend to, I see that as something that's a little more passive in a way, or not passive, that's not quite the right word. Uh, it it stresses me out to be honed in on a small number of options for things like this. It's sort of like uh, when before when I was trying to do normal people jobs and work, uh, just applying for a job. And every every time I got an interview for a job, I was just in mortal i was possessed by mortal terror uh, until i heard back either way because i just hate you know waiting for a response from one or two people or like one institution or whatever um but i think that you know i have a large enough game collection that i have a lot of rule books i can flip through so that's probably yeah uh, much less of a big deal this time and i know a lot of independent designers one of the big issues um that i have for that particular strategy is that uh in my game design community, like in my main one, I, I talked with uh, I talked with Jason about how I um, 
about how I, I do a lot of the online playtesting groups, but okay. I started with my local group, my local chapter of the Game Makers Guild moving online out of necessity. And I am uh, one of like maybe three self-publishers in the group of over 50 people that are all pitching to big publishers. So I can't ask them because um, that was my first thought is asking all of those friends. The one time from someone else I got... Uh, a really good recommendation for a graphic designer that I loved. Uh, she's busy for the next six months. She can't do the game. Very sad. Um, but yeah, I didn't think to look at the rule books of the games that already existed. But, oh, I have an extra wrench for you. Well, I mean, besides the fact that we can't go to conventions right now, but here's an extra wrench for you. <laughs> so I, 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 ha I have my artist already. And I found my artist. Uh, so I, I really responded to the, the Facebook idea that you gave. Okay. Because the way that I found my artist is uh, first I like blind. So this is another thing about the, my, my trepidation towards just like trying to reach out to specific publishers. When I was looking for my artist at first, I did the, I looked on art station and deviant art and I just looked up like various fantasy terms that I thought might be related. And I just sort of like essentially cold called artists and a bunch of them responded, but you know, it's like, okay, cool. Uh, it, it will cost $500 a piece and I'm ready in six months. Does that work? No, it doesn't work. Neither of those things work for me because I'm poor and new. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I learned quickly that that approach was not for me because of the way my brain works. And that's just not an effective strategy for me. So I, I looked at other sources and I found a subreddit called Starving Artists where you can hire artists for whatever small or large scale product uh, project you want. Um, and it's the same thing that you were talking about. Like you, you have to make a post where you have your, your budget in the title of the post. And then you describe what the project is, what the budget is, what, what your time, what your timeline is for it and stuff like that. And then I got a whole ton of responses and then I could sort through the responses and look at all the portfolios and then say, okay, these three people, I will get, uh, you know, I'll commission for a few pieces each to see what their styles look like and see what their styles look like and then pick the one that I wanted. Um, so that's how I found my artist. And I would love to do that the with graphic designers. So that Facebook group, I think, is um, going to be a winner for sure. Not yeah. that I hate the other advice, but no, uh, that's sure. one that really stuck out to me. Um, but here's here's the additional thing. And, and the thing that I put on the Reddit post is that uh, I, I specifically want to promote, uh, you know, diverse hiring practices in my company. So I want to make sure that, you know, the people that I hire, freelance or not, reflect the values of the company. And so that's an additional element, which is really hard to reach, you know, if I'm reaching out to a graphic designer and I don't know anything about them, uh, that adds another wrench. So right, yeah, you have to kind of take the time to to get to know if that does align with your values, uh, mm -hmm. and that. But it's worth it, and I think that having having that in some ways, it's just like a game design practice, right? Where um, uh, having what's the word? Ah, having uh, constraints might help you in the long run. Uh, once you find those people that like, that share those values and you start building your community around those values, it 
I just, I think there's something really special there. Like mm-hmm. there's, it's more than just like, I'm paying you money. It's like, I believe in what you believe in. So let's yeah. continue to work together. And then that can be, you know, once, once you have a few different designers to work with in your quiver, uh, <laughs> then you keep going back to the same well and build those relationships. That's one of the things that, that I have done, uh, for the most part would be to once I find somebody that I have a good working relationship with that, like I know is a good person and turns out good work. Like Mm -hmm. that's who I'm going to call first. And, you know, like luckily I I've had a few of those, um, that, that I've been able to go back to over and over again. Um, but eventually, you know, it's not a perfect system either to kind because people move on to bigger and better things where they're not as available anymore. Um, but, it's it's worth it to spend that extra time and to find that right fit i think mm-hmm. yeah i agree 100 percent um and now uh to to double down on this line of thought not this line of thought this general umbrella line of thought not this specific one we just talked about sure uh here is uh the tricky the tricky thing my trick question I think so (laughs) going back to when I was uh, looking for artists to hire for fight sequence, I mentioned, you know, people could post their portfolios. I look through the art, I see which art I like, and then I commission art from them. What sort of tells and hints could I use to determine if a graphic designer is going to be compatible with my project project? And I'm thinking about that in a few lines, like, is there a way you could, um, sort of commission a, a small demo, quote unquote, from a graphic designer, the way that I could commission just one or two pieces of art from an artist. Um, and even before we get there, what sort of hints or tells could I look at in graphic design besides just, okay, I like the the way this game looks. Let me ask this person, because that doesn't necessarily translate into it looking good for my game specifically. You know, I, I had to head ostensibly a fighting game, uh, you know, a, a, a one-on-one card battler sort of situation. But the flip side of that is that if I look at graphic designers who have designed head-to-head card battlers already, I am fearful that hiring them would make my game look too much alike to those games that already exist that are in similar genres. Hmm. Yeah. I, it's that there's a lot, there's a lot in there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> layers. I've yeah. been thinking about this a lot, as you can probably tell. I, I think asking for a sample is a little trickier with graphic designers because, um, you might have two styles of cards in, in one game, right? Mm-hmm. In, in a sense, then if that's, if that's the case, you're saying, show me what you would do. Like, for you know, and the part of graphic design is not just as it's designing the, the um, you know the 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 icons, the frames, the layouts of everything, but then yeah. it's also like setting it all up for print, um, which is kind of tedious. But like the the first part is like get the look and feel right, and sometimes that might be um just a few things that you're going to plug new information into, right? Like 
Uh, I'm thinking about Fidelitas, my, the first game that I published, for for instance. There's two, two different types of cards in the game. And they had one had one look, one had another look. And then all the other information just got dumped into those cards. So mm-hmm. with a graphic designer to say, show me your work first, um, see if I'll like it. it. I think it more has to be like, show me your previous work. And creating reference um, like samples of what you like. Um, to say, I like this and this and this and this about this. Um, I like this about this. You're, you're kind of putting like a, um, like a, what would it be called in like an interior design? Like a mood board almost. Mm, um, got it. Of what you want and say, okay. I see, I see this everywhere. I don't want this. Um, but then make sure that that's not just, um, you trying to be different to be different. Because right. some of the reasons those games have similar elements is because it's functional, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's so, that's the thing that I have in my pocket for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that like having reference material prepared um, to give some of the feelings comparing to their previous work, that'll give you a little bit of a fit. And then presenting your, your, you know, mood, full, mood board or your, your reference material to them um, would give, give them a sense of what you might want to do. Um, and then, and then, then you kind of, then you take a little bit of a gamble. Um, but I think during that, that's a little bit of an iterative process, right? Like I like this and this of your work. What do you think about this and this for this thing? And you're getting that rapport going and you're seeing how it feels to have those conversations. Is it like, are you beginning to speak a language you can, you can work together through, or is it something else that feels off? Um, are they not responsive in the way that makes you feel comfortable? Are they are their ideas way out of the bounds of what you had in mind? So like in the conversations about what is possible without asking them to do work, um, you're kind of getting to know each other a little bit. And then you decide, Got okay, it. this was I think this is worth moving forward with, maybe. Um Got it. So it's a it's a little more esoteric of a process. Um overall. All right. There's or, a... or or I'm just more of a gambler where like <laughs> I'm just going to be like, I like this and like this. Can you do that? And they say, yeah. And I'm like, well, you seem like a cool person. Let's <laughs> pr- prove it. Here's some money, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm just extra nervous because I have very limited funds as this is my first game. Um, sure. So, you know, I have a tight budget. So I have one chance. I have one chance. Uh, so. But yeah, I mean, but again, when I was trying to think of the logistics, because I was, you know, imagining basically uh, the the advice that I got from my graphic design mentor from my previous session with the tabletop mentorship program was um, find a graphic designer that will make me a template uh, as well as, you know, do the getting files ready for print and stuff. So that way I, you know, when I continue to make sets of fight sequence i can just use that same template for the cards because the cards are all going to look the same ostensibly so for sure yeah just because i plan on making expansions and so rather than hire a graphic designer to do all the same work all over again every expansion which is annoying for both of us (laughs) i i could just get a template and do all that stuff so i already know that i'm going to be asking for all of the the separate pieces as well as you know helping me get the files to print so absolutely but and when i think about that and it's like all the different pieces of the card frame it's like well it's weird to ask someone i mean even if i was paying them it would be weird to ask them like hey 
here's all this money for you to do all this work. Okay, I'm going to go hire someone else because it didn't come out exactly the way that I wanted, even after we discuss and iterate on it. Um, but yeah, I really, I really like the idea of making a mood board because that will really help, I think, drive home what I'm looking for and what I'm looking to avoid, or at least the visual styles that I'm looking to avoid, not necessarily the elements themselves. Because again, some of them might be, you know, required functionality. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that feels helpful. Very cool. Um so all right, so my my next question on my little list was basically that we basically covered it uh in terms of like asking about the rules of engagement uh in terms of how do you begin conversations with graphic designers? How do you like basically how do you what are the starting steps of hiring a graphic designer? And you definitely touched on a lot of that just like you know, build the mood board, get the conversation going, talk about various design related aspects, see if it's comfortable before you hire them. Um, but uh, moving on to more of the nitty gritty stuff, how does paying graphic designers work? Like when I write up my graphic designer contract, what are common practices? Like do uh, with with my artist, uh, I commissioned art in a bunch of like in batches, basically. And so I was like, okay, cool. So now you're going to do these 11 pieces. Uh, and we agreed on this amount for all of the pieces. And here's the first 30% right now. And then when I get the line art, basically, here's the the last, uh, like, here's the next 40%. And then when they're done, here's the last chunk of it. That's a very common practice when hiring artists. Uh, but I've heard that graphic designers work more on a pay by hour kind of thing, like an hourly rate sort of thing. Um, and some will just estimate based on a number of hours. So it's like, cool, I'll do this game for $5,000 paid over however many months, stuff like that. Um, but that's all, it's all vague and I don't know the details. So what yeah. are the details oh, that you great. know? Jason, am I talking too much? Do you, uh, do you want have anything to say about this one? I know you've, you've done some uh, of this before. Yeah, no, this is actually something where I feel like I could give some thoughts. So with, you know, when it comes to how you pay people, I usually try to have a, just a pretty upfront discussion mm-hmm. about what what they're comfortable with, right? And I, I always, I, I usually will say things like, "Hey, like, I, I need to know, like, w- like what's the best way for you to build?" Like, I, I, there's a graphic designer slash artist I'm working with right now on a project, um, and and she's great because she'll she say, you know, if it's if it's a little thing, let's just let's just charge for a piece. But if we're going to do something ongoing, let's let's charge by the hour. And here's what my hourly rate is, um, you know, and, and I, you know, I I think that um, as long as you're upfront and, you you know, you know, kind of when you, when you chat about it, uh, what they're comfortable with, that's really important. But the other thing is, you know, and I've told people this before, like, hey, listen, I, I what is your hourly rate or what would you charge for this? And, and like you said, when you reached out to these people on DeviantArt and said, oh, it's going to be $500 an art piece. Um, I reached out uh, actually um, on a project I worked on. I reached out to someone and said, "Like, hey, I really like your art. What would you charge for for to do just a cover for this this little game I'm putting out?" And they they gave me a price, and I said, "I'm sure I am 100 sure you're worth every penny of that. This game is not worth every penny of that. Um, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. But hey, I'm gonna keep in mind in the future if I'm gonna do a game that's you know gonna be more and." And, you know, and they were like, oh, let me, you know, I can be flexible. And like, I don't want people to work at a rate that they're uncomfortable with. 
Right. Um, you know, so I, I just try to be honest and say, this is my budget. And, and I think that if you, if you say you set aside two or 3000 or 5,000, whatever dollars for your budget, um, to, to be upfront with a graphic designer, say, here's the things I need. Uh, you know, what do you think the rates are? And, and if they say, what's your budget, be honest with them and, and tell them what your budget is. Mm-hmm. Um, because some people, right. will say like, Oh, that's your budget. Yeah. That works. Right. Um, other times they might say that's, you know, that's, I would normally do it for, for more than that. Or, um, you know, I think that you, it's just, it's gotta be an open dialogue. Um, you know, and understand that everyone charges different rates, um, and everyone is entitled to charge whatever they want. Right. Yes. Um, and as long as you're respectful, there's no reason you can't tell them no right, and say, oh, that doesn't work. Um, I, one of the thoughts I did have for the graphic designer in the mood board idea, like, so one of the games that I'm working to hopefully self-publish here, um, the artist we're working with, she's also a graphic designer, but in the art stuff we're working with, I gave just like super specific references of like, here's the thing that I'm going for. Like, here's a specific vibe I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And then here's some things that I kind of like, I kind of feel like they go with it, kind of that mood board style. Um, and you can absolutely do that with with the um, with graphic design as well. I think that's a fantastic yeah. uh, suggestion, Katarski. And hey, uh, for, re- remember that. Remember yeah. that I, I had something to offer today. <laughs> I would even I would even suggest that like one of the things that that Rob, the old co-host of the show, used to do was he you know at Gen Con you'd walk around and people would give you promo cards, right? Mm-hmm. Every kind of promo card you could ever think for any game. And most of us just threw those away because if it's a game you didn't have or you didn't want, you didn't care. Right. But Rob kept every single one of those that he got. And I even gave him ones that I would have that he didn't have uh, because he would take those. And whenever he went to work on graphic design for one of his games, he would pull that stack of cards out and say, what do I like? And what do I hate? (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. What could I possibly pull from? And so I think, you know, looking at other games in the same vein and, and like Jason said, looking at what the functionality needs to be, and saying, okay, I don't like the way they did this, but here's why they did it. Could could we achieve that in another way? And I think that if you talk to graphic designers, um, you know, a good graphic designer is going to be very open to chatting with you uh, about different ideas and kind of brainstorming about different ways to to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the nice thing is they're always going to have, especially if they've worked in games, um, which is the huge advantage of that. Obviously, if you're hiring a graphic designer, is that they know the pitfalls to avoid right yeah and they can say to you like yeah no 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 don't do that and here's why um so also take their advice you know if, if they know what they're talking about oh yeah for sure um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i think i think one of the other things i uh, just to add on um like in, in the specifics is you you really should like make a spec sheet of exactly what you need mm-hmm. uh down to as close as you can um to every piece um, if you're if you're getting ready to hire a graphic designer, your game is ready to go. It should be totally 100 percent like playtesting is like almost there, except for like blind testing for like the when you're testing for the actual graphic design. But like the game should be ready to go. And then you should know exactly I need two different card frames, uh, two different card backs. I need seven different icons that are going to be mixed up within those. I need the rule book, which I think will be about 12 pages. I mm-hmm. think that I need the the box cover and back. I need um, I need Kickstarter graphics. 
Um, and this is what I'm expecting from my Kickstarter graphics. I need the game set up for print. I need, um, if everything goes well, I would like to hire you, A, for this chunk in the beginning. But then if things are going well, I might want to commission you for this and this and this because these are stretch goals I'm considering. And here is my timeline in general, right? And, and like the, when you pay and how much you pay up front, um, definitely the deposit. And then when they meet certain milestones is significant. Nobody likes to, you know, work for free. Um, and, and not, and and like, that's a motivating factor. I got to get this done by this deadline. Then I get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just gives everybody something to work with and, and, and you know what you need and they have a clear idea of the scope of your project and what they're getting into. Because because if sometimes I've heard stories of people saying, oh, my gosh, I'm in this and now it's too much. Like I'm halfway through and this is way more work than I expected. Um, so so have a really good grasp on specifics of what you need going into it. Um, yep. and, and then then you can get a more um, then that graphic designer it, it is going to be probably subjective they're going to say i charge about this much per hour but like they have a reference of like oh this is similar to this game that i did and that took me about that or like i you know they know that like each card design might take a certain amount of time and they and then you ask for a quote and that quote is usually what you're going to end up paying them um they're going to work towards that um if they're going to go over it you know like you're, you're just going to discuss those things but like um it's typically never been that like I've been like, oh, you know, somebody quoted me two thousand dollars and now I have to pay four thousand dollars. Like it does, they're, okay. they're pretty good at quoting their quotes or at when they give you that quote, you say, I can afford up to that amount for what I said. So if you feel like you can get that done, you know, in that amount of time, then, you know, that's that's it. That's a thing. That's Okay, so yeah, so that's that's uh, one of my several follow-ups is because uh, I, I have a very strict budget for what I can allocate to graphic design. Um, and so th- that's basically the thing that I'm fearing because with the art, I know exactly how many, like I know exactly what the price of one piece of art for my artist is and I know roughly how long it'll take. Obviously, there's some variance based on how experienced she is at the specific pose or the kind of magic I'm trying to illustrate or something like that. But I know generally how long it'll take and how much it'll cost. So I can say, uh, so my stretch goal um, is the one stretch goal that I'm going to have for the first campaign of fight sequence is just uh, getting more art for the characters. So there actually aren't any graphic design related stretch goals. So that's good for Mm -hmm. my, my theoretical future graphic designer. Um, But it does, but that, but meeting a stretch goal would require more cards to be set up for print. Uh, incorrect. No, Beca- because it's just the art. It's literally just dropping different art. It's just unique pieces of art for the cards. The okay. cards are done. It's just the art would be different. Okay. So all I would have to do is just send the new art to the graphic designer and say, "Hey, put this on it instead of this other one." That was the placeholder art. That kind of thing. Sure. I mean, as long as that's upfront, like that, that, that they're aware of that, because that is work that they will do. If they've already done it, you're asking them to do it again. That's just, that's what I'm trying to get at with like, Got it. yeah, that you want to make, just make sure not to um, add more to their plate that they weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, that makes sense. And uh, I'm pleased to report that I already have uh, most of the Google Doc and spreadsheet done regarding what I need done. So awesome, awesome. That's a good instinct. And um, gosh, what were the other things that I wanted to touch on? Oh, right, right, right. So uh, I think the the point that didn't come across as quite clear is um, I agree 800% about, you know, everyone is entitled to charge whatever they want and I will pay whatever the artist wants if it's a mesh and it's it's within my budget. Um, I guess it, what I was trying to ask about was more specifically like what are best practices for paying graphic designers, uh, which was answered uh, in... Uh, so just to rehash it so that's clear. It's uh, So you're saying... Like, yeah, some graphic designers, if it's a smaller project, they'll say, I will do it for X dollars. And then, like my artist, I can break it up by milestone. Like, you hit, you know, we're 30% done, so here's the first 30% of the money, roughly, and so on and so forth. Um, but then when it becomes a larger thing, they charge by the hour. And then that's the thing that I'm concerned about, because, you know, I need the whole game, and I need the box art, and all this other stuff. Um, and so, is it you know, assuming everything is upfront and everyone agrees, is it like a common practice or is it disrespectful to say something like, hey, I want to hire you and I want to pay you at your rate, but that rate will have to stop at a certain point because I only have X many dollars. Uh, yeah, I've never that... I've never really run into to that situation. I've usually like when I've asked for a quote, um, uh, that's what I ended up paying. Like, okay. They, I think they're pretty, the, the, at least the graphic designers, I've, I've probably worked with, I don't know, like six to 10 different graphic designers for game projects. Um, and it's, it's usually like, if I'm clear about what they need, they tell me about how much that's going to cost. They're figuring out, they know their, what their hourly rate is and their, their workflow isn't like enough mm -hmm. to give you a pretty solid price. Okay. Um, yeah, so then you then you kind of agree. At least in my experience, there is it is there is a way to agree to an amount at the end of that. Like, um, like what would it cost for this? They say, uh, I think that that would be about this. And you're like, all right, well, I can pay you that, but I, you know, like, can we agree that like, you know, if we get close to that, uh you know, that it's not going to cost me a whole, unless I'm asking you to do stuff that we didn't agree to. Like, is that right. your price kind of a thing? Um, yeah, I, I, I have all that in the contract that I have written up. Oh, nice. Or at least the, the piece of the contract that's ready to go because, uh, you know, yeah. the specific numbers I don't have. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, like that. the contract thing you mentioned is I, I have never presented an artist with my own contract. I have always said, what do you like to use? And, um, ah. some of them send me back like five sentences, you know, uh, some mm -hmm. of them send me a really official contract. Uh, so it's kind of like one of the things I've done to like make them feel more comfortable is that like, Hey, I value you and your needs. And then I kind of get a sense of what their expectations are as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's nothing wrong with having your own. I'm just saying there's another approach there too. Um, or you could say, yeah. here's my contract. Do you have one that you like to use? Uh, and then, then you get a sense of like, how can we put these ideas together to make both of us happy? Are we, are or we both hitting the same main ideas? Or even just saying like, here's my contract. Let me know if there's anything you need added to yes. it to make sure you're comfortable yep. with yep. it. Yeah, um, I, I agree with everything that you said. And that's exactly my approach. That was not made clear. <laughs>
I did a lot of research on how to write contracts, how to structure contracts, all that fun stuff before I hired my artist. So that way I could make sure I'm showing the artists uh, that I hire as much respect as possible. And that's fully my intent with the graphic design as well, where it's like, hey, I have this. And so I, I'm coming at it from the other pers- uh, the other, um, the other other side of the coin, I guess, where having those expectations is really, really important. So everyone's on the same page. And I... Uh, I like to present my own expectations and I say, this is what my expectations are and we can discuss them if you want anything changed. Uh, and, you know, my artist read the contract. And she was like, nope, everything's good. Let's let's sign it. Uh, but, you know, I'm definitely open to changing any part of it uh, for any reason. No, that's great. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of openness to like collaborative spirit there to to make sure everyone is happy and everyone is held accountable to what they agree to. And that's and I think that's just I mean, the purpose of the contract is just that, right? It's like confidence mm-hmm. when you're getting into something that like you you're you don't know this person in real life yet or it's the first time or they're not really sure about your experience or you're not really sure about their experience. But right. at least you have something guiding the relationship at that point. Um, and that's, that's essentially what you're doing is you're, you're, there's a relationship there that's at the heart of this, this kind of work. Um, so it's like a security net for, uh, those what ifs and those things you don't want to, (laughs) to go bad, um, but have, so there's always fear in any new relationship and, Mm -hmm. um, it's good to start on the, on the same ground. Yeah, that's all of that is basically my mindset that's that's the foundation that i want to come from is just like the 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 guardrails are here for us to be comfortable so we don't feel like we're going to drive off the cliff (laughs) yeah that's awesome um all right those were those were all of my main questions answered all right look at that cool Uh, um can i give you a freebie one other thing tell me everything Oh goodness! Um, so tricks that I like. Uh, yes. Well, not tricks. Uh, I'm going to come back to that one. The trick that I like. Um, but the uh, the thing I have. I'll in give mind... you a freebie, but later. But yeah, first, later. listen to the other stuff first. Um, no, this this is good too. Um, so I imagine you're aware of the difference between work for hire, um, where you become the owner of what they created at the end. And yes. you could okay. And some artists more more illustration probably than graphic design. Mm-hmm. It's um some at a certain point might expect a kickback on royalties based on sales or a certain royalty for copies sold in addition to their fees. Um so that's so that's one thing to just be aware of is to, to, okay. be, to be clear that like in is general, that a common practice to have royalties in the contract for a graphic designer? Um, not, probably not for a graphic designer, but some and this is my trick. Some of those people are the same people, and those are my favorite people to work with. When I say those people, I mean people who are illustrators as well as graphic designers. Mm. Um. So that's the it's, pre- it's pretty great the, to the, work with illustrators yes. and graphic designers. So the thing my it's it's so okay, so it streamlines the process if you can find a person who does both. Um because their illustration can become 
graphic design in the sense that like, oh, I'm drawing this icon. That's a part of the game. And it's it's going to focus the layout. Um, m- one of my favorite people ever to work with is Adam McIver. I couldn't work with him anymore because he works full time for Panda Games Manufacturing now. So mm. um, and he's their... Uh, I don't know. He's he's awesome. He's a <laughs> dear friend, but he is one of the best illustrators that can tackle a million styles. And he has such an eye for graphic design and he's a game designer. So he just like knows what to do. And like <laughs> and I would like I would like I would literally like send him a list of things I wanted and not like ask him anything else for quite a while and then i just get it all back and it's all perfect you know like because he that has that's great yeah i, I know like it, he's 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 a <laughs> unicorn for sure like um so so when when you have a person who does both um like it it kind of can be a nice package deal because you only have to work with one person mm-hmm. um so and that might be the case where you're going to watch for like if there's a royalty expectation, because in the, there, there's an illustrator there whose artwork is involved. Um, I have never, uh, not never. Um, I can't probably divulge too much about specific contracts, but it's yeah, not. It's not very common that like unless you hit a certain threshold, um, or unless you're using a very well known illustrator in that specific space, like a very well known game illustrator might be well enough known to expect um, that they get a cut of sales because they know their name is going to sell your game. Right. You know? yeah, that's it. it. That's uh, the expectation that their yeah. game, their name right. and their artwork will draw people. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> if, that, if that's <laughs> I didn't enough, I even mean that as a pun, but there it was. <laughs> <laughs> Take me a minute. Take me a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, that was one of the things that like um, on several games I have done, um, so, so there's a there's a there's a little caveat in that in that situation. So Adam McIver did graphic design and illustration for me. Andy Jewett did graphic design and illustration. Claire Donaldson did um, graphic design and illustration for me. Um, Daryl Jones did graphic design and um, illustration for me. Then uh, Daryl did graphic design for Vincent Dutrait's illustration, but Vincent Dutrait could have done the graphic design because he does that too but it was just like he's so busy that like i just wanted to get his illustrations so then i could have somebody else do the work and he <laughs> uh like because there's just i just knew that like that was going to put me way out it was a it's the longest project ever um but mm-hmm. but um so those things can be time savers they can be a little bit of money savers because then you're, you're talking to one person instead of having to relay these three three-way conversations um and and they can utilize graphic design elements in their illustration um with more ease so but but usually Um, usually i'm sorry i was just gonna say my my last thought and i'll stop talking i talk a lot i'm sorry Uh, (laughs) uh, is that they're usually better at one or the other so like you might have a person or they might enjoy one more than the other. So you might have an illustrator who can do graphic design and they're going to put their heart and soul into the illustration. And they're going to be like, Oh, this graphic design is such a pain and it takes longer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it can, but maybe they're not the best for that. So like, it's, it's that like, what do you, what's more important? And um, are they aware of that themselves? Are you aware of that? Uh, those kind of things. So, 
yeah, that's gotcha, kind of like yeah. perfect place that I like to go to just because it feels like huh, one less thing off my list of things of many, many things I have to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> so many things. Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I that is definitely something I'm going to look into for when I do my smaller games. I think fight sequence is a large enough project and the fact that I already have an artist that I love. Yeah, right. Too late. You're already rolling down that road. Right. So you got to keep keep trucking. <laughs> so with, I mean, I'm happy to truck down this road. I, I love the art for fight sequence. Oh, awesome. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to touch on that you, that you mentioned, you dropped all cash, is uh, having a having a three way conversation. Is it common for you to bridge your artist and your graphic designer together and have them converse about the code design? Um, and does that, uh, as a follow up question to that, all right. So question one is: Is that a common practice? Because that's new to me, and I feel like it shouldn't have been <laughs> and uh, and number two is is it um how do i word this not a faux pas is it does your answer to the question of whether or not that's common whether or not that's recommended does that change if one process or the other is much farther along for example um with fight sequence i already have the finished pieces i have 20 finished pieces already for the characters and some of the moves and stuff um the idea being I want enough pieces of art that I can like different art that I can show off throughout the Kickstarter page. So right. I commissioned 20 pieces of art and I got them like a year ago. I've had the finished art for a while, maybe not a year, but six months at least. So I, I won't be able to bridge a conversation and have the graphic designer say, Oh yeah, these art pieces that you already did, let's change them slightly. So they fit within the graphic design that I'm planning, because I think it will flow better this way, which I imagine would be one of the purposes of having the conversation be bridged. So that way the design processes of both the graphic designer and the artist can merge cohesively. Right. However, I'm in a situation where I already have the art and I already have the art style. Yep. And specifically, I already have a bunch of the pieces of the art. So the graphic designer has to come in and work with that. And now I... I'm, I'm kind of afraid, like, is that, a faux pas that I did. No, that, I think that is, I think that is very common. Oh, that, okay. That people go that route. Um, so like if we weren't doing every job ourselves, that might be the creative director's job to consider how do we make sure that this art is going to work well with this graphic designer? Like, um, or it might be, um, probably the most in-depth I've ever had a graphic designer need to speak with the illustrator or work together would be like on like specifications for formats and printing. So it'd be like, Hey, we're doing, here's the template for the card we're going to use. You can use this half of, you know, like the, um, so if your spot illustration would fit roughly in this orientation, that would be great. You know, that like that those kind of things um, really are probably the most that they're going to have to go back and forth on or to make sure, hey, for print, I need this saved in a certain way. Um, I had a I had an illustrator who um, did all of their illustrations in in RGB. Uh, right. uh, nope. And, yeah. And that's that they do that. And they didn't know. And they were actually, it was fine because initially they were setting them up for use on the game crafter, which I'm not sure if they still do this, but the game crafters specs for prototyping and for the games that they print are RBG. 
or they were. Oh, how? Uh, how does that work? I don't know. <laughs> they it works fine. They look nice, but then they're incompatible with every um, traditional offset printer. So right. so then somebody had to go in and convert them, and they're like, okay, so like it's we can probably convert them, and they'll still look good, but like the colors will probably transform a touch you know it might be a little lighter or a little darker kind of a thing if you're changing to cmyk mm-hmm. uh so in that sense like um those might be a good conversation to have to a graphic designer like because i didn't i didn't know that in the beginning and this was a game that i picked up that like somebody had already done the graphic design they'd already printed f- copies for their friends from the game crafter never really sold them and i just like i came up of the new name. I developed the game a little further, but I use all of their art and graphic design. They had already done. I just had to have somebody, a pro come in and like convert it. So like having, having somebody who knows the technical expertise, usually a graphic designer because illustrators, you know, like um, Vincent Detroit for me, he hand painted with, with, um, with, I don't remember what he used oil paints. Um, like he, but he did them by hand. He did everything by hand. So then he scanned mm. them in, but he knows how to save everything. Cause he's a, he's a, he's worked in the gaming industry for, for years. Um, gotcha. so like, so the, the communication issues are, um, are, it's helpful to have, have them on board at the same time, but it. it's usually not a deal breaker. It, it usually can be fixed if there was an error. Right. Um, gotcha. Well, to go back to the contracts thing and setting expectations, that was specifically a a section of the contract for artists is I need it to be formatted just like this. I need it to be in CMYK. I need it to be this size. I need it to be this resolution, stuff like that to try to cut that off at the best. So that's another good reason to present an artist with a contract. Jamie, you don't need us. I mean, you've you've done you, your you've done your homework. What are you doing this here? conversation is incredible. Like that, you really well, the new host of the show, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. I I literally dreamed that I became a co-host of the podcast. That was a dream that I had last week. That I became a, a co a rotating co-host after my stint uh, as a mentee was done. <laughs> well, you never know. Dreams can come true. <laughs> i would like to pretend i think that far into the future when it comes to this podcast but (laughs) as can tell you i do not well you did you did ask him yesterday and as luck would have it it worked out he's persistent yesterday to be fair because someone forgot to message me back about their topic listen i want to bring that up but Uh, it was me it was there's there's just too many too many behind the curtain conversations that are happening right now i'm feeling uncomfortable (laughs) we're we're letting the we're letting the uh the builders in on uh, all of our secrets about how organized we are i think that it by by 458 episodes they know by now yeah they figured it out yeah i've been pretty transparent about that yeah i was gonna say i like being transparent because literally everyone else is this disorganized as well and now they can feel more okay with it yes if i could do it my excuse we're all together i mean i could be organized but i shouldn't be because i want to make sure that you know everybody understands it's okay to be disorganized. everyone's comfortable because we're open yeah yeah Yeah. leading by example is important (laughs) awesome oh goodness well this was a super good conversation um so my my plan was to put you on the spot and make you like pitch a game uh like a uh like give you a pitch challenge who me not let you prepare for it yeah you oh yeah you yeah i'll do that um oh really okay well we're low on time but let's do it anyways let's go for (laughs) it um 
so Jason, what what should we what should we give Jamie here for um so I, I like going with the title. Titles are always fun. Uh, I can do a title. Do you think you could you could pass a random mechanic here? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I, I I I got a title. You do the mechanic. It just happens. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you tell me the you tell me the title. Okay. So Jamie, what's going to happen here is he's going to say a title. I'm going to okay. say a mechanic, and then you are instantly going to pitch us a game uh, with that title using that as one of the mechanics as one of the primary mechanics of the game. Uh, this is something we've done on the show for a long time. Uh, and a lot of times it turns out horrid and every once in a while there's a gem. So, uh, <laughs> but it's, we, we, we believe it's good for your design brain to, to work improv style sometimes. And oh, hey, well, I know you've been trained in improv. Yes. So I was go. about to say, oh, I'm a awesome. ringer here. Oh, maybe no, this isn't fair. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't build yourself up too much. It can be real bad. Trust oh, me. It's, oh, go. it's going to be bad. It's going to be Are you ready. Bad. Everyone, everyone take a yeah, deep what's, breath. What's the title? <laughs> the dog dies at midnight. The dog dies at midnight. Okay, so it's called The Dog Dies at Midnight. Uh, that is seems like a, a pretty serious thing. And honestly, the first thing that came to mind was some sort of deduction game. But I actually think that's that's too easy. So instead, I'm going to say <laughs> uh, you are designing a lighthearted party game called The Dog Dies at Midnight. Great. And All right. Go. So The Dog Dies at Midnight is a party game for three to eight discerning individuals uh, where players uh, are using a blind bid mechanic to try to psych each other out of uh, figuring out which of their friends is thinking horrible thoughts about the others, using the euphemism "the dog dies at midnight" to uh, to cover <laughs> up uh, various um, hilarious and quirky thoughts you might have about people at a party. Harkening back to your college days, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you win. I'm into it. All right, yeah. All not, right, not bad, not bad. Yes. Immediately so, after we... this episode ends, we're going to design this game. <laughs> It'll be on Kickstarter at the end of the month. It's going to be on Kickstarter before fight sequences. That's it. So <laughs> if we if we yeah, could only yeah, find yeah. a graphic designer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There are some things that are just too tough, you know. So. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, I want to thank the listeners for for uh, listening here. Uh, hopefully, they learned a few things. I know I did. Uh, getting to hear uh, Jason talk about uh, James' questions <laughs> and uh, and actually answer them. That was more thorough <laughs> answers than I feel like you've ever given me on the ten thousand questions I've asked you. So, <laughs> but no, I. I, I appreciate the I appreciate all of Jason's uh, great insights and and frankly Jamie I, I super appreciate all of your your great questions because it really was a solid list of questions uh, that I think the listeners will be really happy to hear answers to. Heck yeah! Um, and I definitely didn't send it to you two days ago. <laughs> yeah. No, it's hey again two days. I mean there were times when Rob and I were coming up with topics during the show, so yeah. um, it's all good. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us at buildingthegamepodcast.com. There you can find the link to our Discord group, which I highly suggest you join. All three of us here tonight are in the Discord group and mm-hmm. always happy to chat. Um, you can uh, find us, of course, on the Twitter at PodcastBTG. I am at J.A. Slingerland. 
Jason is at Jason Katarski, and Jamie is at Tri Rainbow Games. Is that correct? Did I get it right this time? It is, yeah. It's T-R-I, short for triple, not like you're trying hard. Right, right. Oh, good point. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it was short for triple, uh, but yes, it is uh, T-R-I. So uh, if you want to you wanna email us, of course, you can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com, or you can just call us at 770-TEL-BTG. Uh, if you got any questions uh, for our new mentees, uh, I would love, love, love to have them take some of your audience questions. So please feel free to call and uh, we'll play those uh, and just say uh, who specifically they're for. And we'll make sure those get out there. Uh, and until next time, good night. Good night. Bye. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 tell BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>